Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, December 5th. We thank you guys for tuning in. We just want to remind you that if you have a comment or a question for tonight's guest or for one of us, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Now I'm going to turn it over to Denise so that she can greet you as well. Good evening, everyone. Thank you guys again for joining us tonight. Um, We want to thank all of our listeners from around the world for uh, tuning in each and every week and for checking us out also on on our replays and our archives. So thank you all uh, for that. And you can join me tonight on Twitter for a tweet chat. We are using the hashtag BeautyTalk. Again, the hashtag Beauty Talk. You can join me over there um, while we're on the show. All right. So quickly, um, again, like Denise said, thank you guys for um, tuning in and listening, and thank you for your continued support. I really want to thank also um, those of you who listen on the playback. We have a lot of playback followers, so thank you guys for that. But I'm not going to hold our guest any longer. I'd like to bring to the line Ms. Tamara Delbridge. She's our guest for tonight. Hi, Tamara. Hi. Hi. How are you? How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. good. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you one thing. My sister and I are going to be talking at the same time sometime. <laughs> just, just roll with it. Okay. So I have a sister. You... We tend to do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> Why don't you um, introduce yourself to our listening audience and just tell us a little bit about how you started a career in beauty. Okay. Well, um, so I am Tamara Delbridge. I am a makeup artist. I've been working in television, print, and film for over 20 years. I started my career um I'd like to say I started my career in 1998, but that's when I went to school to become a certified makeup artist. Many people were not getting certified. I just thought that that is what I was supposed to do, so I always go the school route. And um, I became certified, which served me, um, it served served its purpose many years later, and I guess I'll explain that as we get to that part of the conversation. But anyway, so I'm a uh, 20-year-plus makeup artist, television, film, videos, you name it, in entertainment, I've done it. 
Um, I'm also in the union, uh, local IOC, local 798. And I am a licensed esthetician who owns a private uh, luxury spa, facial spa in Jersey City, New Jersey. Nice. I can't wait to talk about that. But I just wanted to say, um, you you sound like your start was a lot like ours. Like I went to school mm-hmm. in 1998 as well, got a license to do makeup. Um, back then in Maryland, that's what they were requiring. Um oh. But very, very similar, you know, between my sister and I, film, TV, video, commercial, that kind of thing. Talk a little bit about some of the changes that you've noticed um, now versus when you first started. Well, when I started, um, it was the caveman times, and we were using Polaroid cameras. We had Polaroid films. <laughs> I literally started, I started my career toward the end of, of, of film when, it, when everything was becoming digital. So I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to, to um, I feel like when you're doing something in the arts and you actually watch a process, you, you might be better at the art than the people um, behind you. Um, not saying that I'm better, but I just feel like there's just a certain level of respect that you have for the art when you see the process, like when you see what it takes to yeah. develop a film and things of that nature. And even just having to wait for Polaroid, to, just to sit there and wait for it, there's excitement in that, you know, mm-hmm. and anticipation. So I, I do um, I do like the, the, the speed at which we get our images. I mean, I will say, Waiting for a photographer to give you prints for your for your portfolio was very hard. Sometimes you couldn't get them, and um, they wouldn't give them to you, and and you'd have to fight. So in that respect, um, right. I do not miss print, and I feel like that's the only thing right. that I don't miss. I, you know, I also um, was around when you had to, you know, read credits to learn about makeup artists. So I did a lot of research about makeup artists when I decided to become a makeup artist. When I decided that. Um, I did my research and I kind of looked at people. Um, I, I, I feel like I developed a hand based on the people mm-hmm. who I really loved. And a few of those people who are still relevant today are Gucci Westman, of course, Pat McGrath. Those were my two, the two girls that I, that I resonated most with the, the, the beauty hand. And, and that's who mm-hmm. I kind of, um, you know, patterned my style of makeup behind. Um, and of course, I have my own hand, so I don't know if I right. answered the question. You did, you did. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and, and thinking about like you were talking about reading credits and things, it's it's just so. When I think back on it, it's like when you would look at a magazine and you would read the credits to see who did the makeup, who did the hair. It was always certain names, which that you recognized. But mm-hmm. and you would always see th- those select group of names, you yeah. know. And now it's like everybody's a makeup artist. Every you know, you, there's so many uh, people doing makeup and hair now in this particular industry. Whereas mm-hmm. back then, you could kind of know who the major players were. Now it's so many people. Um, that's it's one of the differences saturated. that I made. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. differences that I've noticed, you know, about the business. But I totally agree with you um, when you were talking about the the film and the, the whole process. Um, right. 
it definitely it was definitely a different time, and you know the internet wasn't like how it is today. Um, you know, yeah, today I it's feel full like of information. It's full of information, and information is great, and I love that. But there's also a part that I'm noticing where um, there is no, there's very little respect. And I, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I'm going to continue my thought. There's very little respect for the predecessors. There's very little respect for people who paved uh, the way for mm-hmm. the new artists. And I definitely respect the new artists because I actually look at what they do so that I can keep my hands fresh, even though I do have mm-hmm. my own little signature that most people who know my work, like I said, like my family members, they'll say, Tamara, I know you did that because I know your eye or I, I know, I, and, and I'm like, wow, you really knew. So there is a little thing that I do that I think people do um, uh, see, they, they recognize. But I do feel like um, now because it's saturated and because there, there are many different ways to become a makeup star, and um, mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of it, some of it has nothing to do with um, a grit. Some of it has a lot to do with um, really, and I guess this is, this could be said about in the past, but I feel like in the past you really had to do some groundwork. And if you were fortunate enough to know somebody, that was great, but you still had to work. Whereas I um, now with the internet, if, if, if you do, it's easier to know somebody because everybody's so accessible. Um, right. So I feel like a lot of the, 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 the makeup artists who are um, like internet, what, what, what would I call them? Like the YouTubers and it's those type of makeup that- artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they, um, it's like, I don't, I don't think there's, there's a joy in the art of the makeup. I think it's more a joy in the like, the, the like that they yeah. get, but their like is turning to dollars. So I understand that that yeah. makes sense, <laughs> but I right. feel like, some of, and you know, you can re- retouch your work too, which is, which is, is right. almost an unfair advantage because when we were getting judged on our work, we were at the disposal of, of photo retouches and, and how they perceived our work to be, or we, we, we didn't have retouching at all. We, we took a photo, we, we, right. we sent it out. So right. really interesting. But, this, this, but the thing, you, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, for those people who are influencers or YouTubers, and, yes, their likes are getting them paid, but how long is that going to last, though? Like, you know, when, when – uh, I think I feel like at some point brands will have to I'm not going to say stop using influencers but I feel like that that's going to calm down a bit. I feel like that's going to calm down a bit because I think um I think your everyday woman, I think your actress, they're going to get to the point where what they're seeing online is is not going to be um I'm not going to say acceptable, but it's not going to be what they're looking for at the moment. Like, I feel like things are going to change. Things are going to transition a little bit, and we're going to come oh, out of this, yeah, you know, yeah. this whole this whole Instagram look, and, and women well, are going to start to look, you know, to get back to looking yeah. like themselves. Yeah, I feel like, I feel, I feel like if, if, if a, if an actress lives on Instagram, if that's where she's getting, um, you know, I guess seen, then that's, that's the artist that's probably best for them. I, you know, I don't know, like, you know, it's new media. So I'm not, I, I, I feel just because I came from a different era, 
I understand that era was that era, and now we're in new media. But mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. you have to embrace new media, and you, and this is why, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm a micro-influencer, super micro, because I have under 10,000 followers. But I do have authentic um, followers. And, right. Um, right. You know, and there and there's engagement, and I, you know, I know it's at least a hundred people that I know for sure. They're always, they're gonna say something, and and that's real to me. That's 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 special engagement to me. I would love to have more, but you know, but I would only love to have more because with more followers comes more opportunity for the artist, and that's just what it is now. So I mean, I yeah. can complain about what was and what what you know what used to be, but I also have to know that. We're living in the now, so you have to be present, and that's it. So we have to get on that on that internet <laughs> and and just show our authentic self as as you know artists from a specific era, which is you know I feel like um, the artists from the late '90s and early 2000s we paved a different there's a different pathway that that we paved, especially as a black makeup artist. Um, you know, for me, I was looking. I was looking at the Kevin Aquans and even the Gucci Westmans, and and watching them have fame and notoriety and access to the biggest photographers because photographers were gods back then. Now we're our own photographers, so I feel like mm-hmm. you know, the, even the world of photography is much different now. Like you know, like does it matter if it's Mario Casino anymore? No, because it could be Mario, you know, whoever Jackson who happens to know somebody to, to get the photo put in place and get a million likes on it, and then now all of a sudden he's a star. So it's just really a lot of, um, I don't know, um, it's a different world. <laughs> yeah, different for world. sure. It really is. <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about what inspires you to create. Well, I – what inspires me to create is um, just being a black, a dark-skinned black woman in a world that tells you you're not beautiful. That is mm-hmm. one of the things that um, that and, and I and I do women from all different backgrounds, but I do them with the same, um, you know, different ethnicities, different skin tones. I I you know I love everyone, but I do come from a place of understanding that I don't have pretty privilege, which that's a real thing. So I have to show up and then I have to, and and the beauty that is within me, I have to, um, that has to exude through me and I have to share that with whoever it is that I'm doing. So in in many ways, it's what inspires me is the past, the, the women that I, that I saw my mom who's gorgeous and, and super stylish, my aunt, my grandmother, the, the three mains, and then there were the outsiders, the Shakas, the Diana Rosses, the glamorous women that I looked at who looked like me um, and kind of reminded me of, 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 of the women in my family. But when I went outside of that, I didn't see much of that. I only saw it within my house and on my TV. So then when I became a makeup artist, I vowed to pay special attention to darker-skinned women to make sure that I wasn't making them look clownish and just add more of this color on them for no reason and just bringing out their beauty, the beauty that, that's already there. And even with my light-skinned women and my white women, I, I take that same sentiment throughout. Like, I'm, like, not trying to make you a caricature of what a woman is or what you think, unless I'm selling a makeup look that has to show color. I, I try to, um, you know, do makeup looks that exemplify the beauty that the person is. 
So I feel like I'm just inspired by the natural beauties from my house and the glam from what I watch on Soul Train and, you know, you know, designer, you know, mm-hmm. designer world films and those things. And I kind of merge those. And that is what, that that's how I see makeup and that's how I do makeup. Absolutely. Now you talked about, you know, you've worked television, film, and print. What would be your, like, ideal dream job? I've done every job. I, I, this this whole job is a dream. There's not there's not many <laughs> um, careers that you can travel around the world. Your passport is your passport is stamped. You know, one one job takes you around the world in seven days. You know, seven countries in seven days. So, I don't really um, have a dream job to be honest with you because I I kind of never wanted a job. That's why I, I went to the, the creative route. So, I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like an opportunity would be great if I could, if somehow um, I was afforded the same opportunities that influencers get based on my years in the business as a, as opposed to likes. That is something that I don't know if that mm-hmm. will ever happen because the world is different now. But, you know, sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, somebody's going to see me. I'm going to get the opportunity. I'm going to get that, you know, $500,000 gig or whatever it is just based on, you know, Tamara's great. She's she's you know, people know my name. I'm not, I'm not like a big star, but I have 20 solid years of, of credit. Like there are people who mm-hmm. collect magazines and they're like, uh, Tamara Delbridge, do you know who you are? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I forgot. Like, you know what I mean? So I feel right. like, um, you know, it'd be more like an opportunity to be able to, to bask in the fruit of the, you know, the, to have the, to have the opportunity to have the money and, and I don't, and not not like I need money, but more of the. There's so much work you put in, the work that we do even when mm-hmm. we're on film. We don't even get. Nobody understands this 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 hard work that we do, and we are literally shadows for the most part. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just speak for myself. That's how I see it. So and it, and it, and, it, and it saddens me a bit, especially when you do beauty makeup in film world, that you really don't get um, acknowledgement. Sometimes you don't even get a credit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I feel like, do I, is there a dream job? No, there's not a dream job. It's, you know, a dream opportunity would be that, you know, maybe a company could actually acknowledge my existence and reward me for the years that I've put in. And that that's mm-hmm. a true statement. That's <laughs> I don't know how that sounds, but, I mean, you know, I, mean, I think I drank some truth serum before I got on this phone. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I get it. I, I definitely get it. Um, you know, film and makeup, film and TV makeup artists um, are not really acknowledged. People, people, and I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know if it has anything to do with it's hard to identify who did the makeup. You know what I mean? Like you open up a magazine and in the credits is so-and-so's name, you know, Whereas right. mm-hmm. if if you watch a television show, sometimes those credits roll so fast you can't see the makeup artist's name. You know, if you're in the movie theater, when the movie is over, most of the time people are getting up to leave, and so you miss the credits. Um, so you sometimes you you can't um, identify who who did the makeup. Um, so I don't know if it had that has a little bit to do with it, but. Most of the time, you don't know when when it comes to film and television. Like nobody's saying your name. Like, oh, this one has done great makeup. Now, if you are a film and television makeup artist, 
you know, we find a way to watch the credits and we find a way to get the information that we need to find out, oh, who did that beautiful makeup? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? And so we know who the other person is and we may acknowledge, but me saying that I love Tamara's work on Run the World is not putting any money in Tamara's pocket. And this is why I feel like the the new media is, even though it's a very strange world, but to me it's a a world that's very necessary for us as TV and film makeup artists to wag our own tail. And and it's really funny because even when I realized how important social media was for an artist who is in the shadows, all of a sudden now I'm in the shadows. Like before – at least mm-hmm. I was in the credits before I was trying, people would see me and I was doing this, that, and the third. And now, you know, I picked, I, I picked something which thought would give me stability and, I, and also would allow me to have an ascension. And, and now it's just like, but wait a minute, now I just feel like I'm, I'm one of the background players uh, in a film mm-hmm. it, that, you know, they, they show up at 5 a.m., but you don't even see them. You know what I mean? And I feel like, hmm, is this, is this what I, um, is this what I saw when I decided mm-hmm. to be this makeup artist, and um, you know, and, and when you're that type of makeup artist, you cannot look like, seriously. This this really matters because when you're a makeup artist who's not seen, uh, who's going to offer you these opportunities? Revlon is not going to come to you. Mac is not going to come to you. Makeup by Mara is not going to come because they don't see you. So now it's like okay, so. As much as I'm like, dang, you know, Instagram is crazy. I'm like, now nah, I got to figure out a way to make it work for me. And I got a lot of pushback. A lot of people talked about me. Oh, Tamara's always taking pictures of herself, and Tamara's always doing this. And I'm like, guys, you don't get it. You know, there's an algorithm. There's things that people like. And once I see what people are liking, then I have to continue to post that to stay in an algorithm because sometimes after that, even producers go to your Instagram to see if you're even liked for for them to have Mm -hmm. you on your set. So, I mean... It's very, um, yeah. you know, it's a powerful tool. Once, once you get past the sticker shock of, hey, what, what's going on? Like, this person is doing their makeup a million times, and they did their own face, but yet, maybe, you know, this person has hired them. And I've done a million different faces and different ethnicities, and you don't even know what, you know, what we have to deal with sometimes, you know, what we have to cover well, up well, and what we have well, to make look natural. And not only that, how hard is it sometimes to get product support? Now it's and, almost you impossible know, to get product support. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. Yep. For, for, and, and this is something that at least, you know, that was one of the things that you can guarantee, but at least I don't have to buy the makeup. Or, or at least, mm-hmm. you know, I can say, hey, I'm calling from this production. Now they want to see, well, how many followers does this person have? And I'm like, what? What does that have to do? We got to get this work done. We're going to talk about yourself, but now it's like we don't really care. We want people who have lots of followers to see our product, and it's not you. And we don't care if you work for Halle Berry or not. You know what I mean? We don't care. You have to right. have this. So it's just something, if it, you know, you can fight it all you want. But when you know it, you have to figure out a way uh, to be relevant, even after 20 mm-hmm. years of experience, even after, you know, 20 years of experience says nothing when you realize how many different, my, if, if I really were to write my resume out, People would be like, oh, my God, what, what is she doing? Because my resume would probably be five pages long if I wrote down everything, mm-hmm. and maybe even longer than that, if I wrote down everything mm-hmm. I did from when I started as a makeup artist as, in, in 2000, after when I, when I actually entered the business. So mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting time for for us as uh, as pro makeup artists. It's almost like it doesn't matter, you know. Right. Right. And I'm not and I'm not I'm not salty, I'm not upset. It's just an accurate description of what's going on and you have to understand whatever whatever field you're in, you have to understand your field and you have to see how are you gonna live in this field because I'm still surviving this field twenty years. Never did anything else except for makeup. Except for now because now i I'm licensed as an esthetician, which yeah. adds more to, you know, what I'm doing and gives me more opportunities. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like you said, once you realize what's going on, then you just have to find a way to stay in it, you know, and to, yeah, and to yeah. stay relevant, um, you know, but also, and, and I'm going to say this and then I'm going to move on from this topic, but also I just feel like over your 20 plus years in the business, um, one of the things that I'm thankful for is that um, both my sister and I, I both have been able to maintain wonderful relationships with um, producers, um, other makeup department heads, um, mm-hmm. anybody, you know, UPMs, anybody in a position to hire. Um, mm-hmm. We, we, you know, people like what we do, people like us for who we are, um, and we, you know, have been getting called back. Now, right. I will say this. To me, that's worth more than any like um, on social <laughs> yes. media because um, I'm, I'm just going to keep it real. I'm not the greatest at social media um, at posting. Um, and to mm-hmm. be honest, because, you know, sometimes it just it just is what it is. You know, you when you get busy – on film and TV sets and, you know, when you have these long hours and things, the last thing I'm thinking about. But, I, you know, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's something that I have to get better at, but um, but the fact that I can get work based on my work, um, right. my work, my work ethics, um, the relationships that I've built, I'm, I'm thankful and blessed with that. Um, um, and again, it, it's worth more to me than a social media like, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I do know what's what's going on out here, and I do know and recognize, um, you know, how things work. Right. So it's just yeah. really it's just all about what you want. Sometimes you have to think about it like that too. It's really about what you want um, to get yeah. from it. So. I mentioned Run the World a little earlier, so let's mm-hmm. talk about that. Okay, first oh. of all, oh. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw the um, the trailer, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, it's on stars, all that good stuff. And when I right. tell you, I love the show, I love the characters, and I love the makeup, the look. Yay. Let's just just take me from A to Z with this show. Like, talk a little bit about how you guys designed the looks for each particular character. I just want to know all of it. Okay, well, this Tell is like, me. to me, well, to me, I would say, um, hey, we'll go back to the dream job. This is a job that, that was best suited for my hand, so I was very thankful to have a job like this. Like, this was like, ah, oh, this is where I'm going to shine. 
because this is the makeup I've been doing for 20 years. It's glamorous, it's sexy, and it's and it's and it's um, modern. So um, no. I was very excited to get this 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 job. So um, my department had Matiki Anouf, who I love her so much. She's amazing. Um, yeah, she's she, she's so dope. We um, we actually she she allowed me to collaborate, which most department heads will not do. That most department heads will design a look. And, on their own and dictate who, you know, how this person is supposed to look. But she was um, mm-hmm. kind enough to allow me to, to, um, to add what I thought would be good for the characters that she assigned to me. So the characters mm-hmm. that I had were um, Renee and Sandy, who's Brisha Webb and Corbin Reed. Those are my mm-hmm. girls. And if, if you remember which one, so Brisha was the, the ad exec. Oh, yeah, the, the ad exec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Corbin, mm-hmm. and Corbin was the, the quirky um, college uh, uh, professor. Mm-hmm. She's like a college grad, right? So, yeah, two of um, my favorites, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were fun because when we read the script, we, we definitely didn't, we went over the script a couple times. And then even before, you know, we actually got a chance to meet the, the ladies in person, we knew that we had a colorful, um, a colorful, uh, um, wardrobe uh, costume designer, Pat Fields, Patricia Fields. So we figured, mm-hmm. okay, so mm-hmm. this is going to be, the clothes are going to be vibrant, the clothes, you know, and, and you know, they're adding the colors of Harlem into a New York aesthetic. A, a, you know, Pat Fields is New York when it comes to fashion. He is that girl. So so we knew, I, you know, especially with my girls, I, I was figuring if this girl's an ad exec, for example, Brisha's. Brisha's looks, because if you notice, she had different looks almost in every scene. But that was very right. purposeful. Mm-hmm. That was purposeful because she's the girl who's an ad exec. She is going to be looking at Instagram. She, she is going to be seeing, like, she's going to want to have the look of the moment. And that is a head-to-toe look. It's not like I'm going to throw this outfit on and make it. No, my, my eyeshadow needs to be red today because right. I have on a red outfit. Like, that's that girl. And she is going to have those, you know, more out out there makeup looks. But that that, that was still beautiful. They they weren't like, they, they, to me, you know, they were beautifully done, super dark, smoky shadows. It, it wasn't like we just threw on a black and let it go. No, they, and, and they were very, you know, detailed looks. And we block, you know, you know what block shooting is. That was hard. It was hard to do block shooting yeah. with Brescia because, going back and forth with her looks were hard. There was sometimes there were like, you know, different colors of browns in one outfit and it might have been a, you know, a copper brown or this, a blacker brown or this. And, and so that was hard. And that was my first time ever doing block shoot. And I was like, oh my God, why did I do this? Funny story. I just <laughs> recently did. Why did I do this? And Matiki was like, keep it simple, Tamara. Keep it simple. I was like, no, nah, but no, Matiki, you don't understand. Brisha is mm-hmm. on that internet. Brisha is wearing those clothes. Brisha is going into, you know, this store and that store. She's wearing the Louboutins. She's, you know, she got the red worn. You know, she, she's that girl. So I was like, I really felt like I had to do that. And then I was like, oh, my God. So um, just recently I did Brisha for an event, and we were having a conversation about the upcoming season. And, and I was like, well, you know, I said, you know, with um, with Renee, I'll just be more simple with Renee because I think I went too far. You know, I think I, I probably overdid it with all the different looks. And she was like, uh, no, do not change her. That is what she's supposed to be. And I was like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
was like, I tried to get out of it, but now I'm stuck. <laughs> but it was so funny. Right, it really right. is really beautiful to watch, you know. And um, Corbin, so Corbin was quirky and, you know, yeah, you knew the clothes that she was wearing was expensive, but she was eclectic. So most of her look, her look was in her clothes and her makeup was more of the, of the model-less boy brow. You know, she's going to keep the makeup as simple as possible and pop color in here and there. So that's how we did. And, and that was more of a conversation that I had with Corbin herself. Like, you know, when Corbin, Corbin really would do the script and we just, I, I was going to go one way, she was going to go that way. And then we decided let's have a happy medium. So we um, did that together, uh, designed um, uh, Corbin, we, we designed her look. So, it, you know, and I just feel like at the end of the day, everyone was happy. They all looked beautiful. I was very, I was very proud. I, I honestly think that was, that's the work that I was most proud of in my 20 years of makeup. And I'm proud of a lot. And that was like, yeah. That's, and just to see these black women, just gorgeous, beautiful, um, not, mm-hmm. not just like, you know, makeup ready, oh, put makeup on and get her out there. They were not camera ready. Camera ready makeup is easy to do, you know. And and I don't mm-hmm. think that and, and that's one thing when, when we're doing makeup for black women, um, I see a lot and I'm just like I, I, not now I'm I'm seeing a big a big change in what you know in how we're looking at a black woman because I'm just mm-hmm. seeing like this it's more intentional you know beauty looks they're lighting us properly that was a problem we were mm-hmm. not we were not lit properly and those things matter because if you're lighting you know one woman's complexion and you're not lighting the other one, woman's complexion, then the one who's not getting lit is not even going to be seen. The makeup is not going to be seen. The face is not going to be seen. So I am saying that, that there is um, a change in that. And that also helps. If we're lit properly and the makeup is right, then they're going to look beautiful. And I feel like with Run the World, everything was right. The lighting was beautiful. The clothes were beautiful. The, the you know, the sets were beautiful. Nice. Yeah. And, and and I don't you know, I don't think anything was like overdone with that show. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes I think and some people can kind of like go over the top with the makeup and all that. And it's like the the makeup and the clothes are, are competing. And I don't think it should be that. I think it right. should be exactly what Run the World was. Like when you saw them, I mean, you saw how beautiful they looked. And then you saw the clothes and the hair and everything else. But it all kind of went together though. So it was just one complete oh. package. Thank you. That's 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 really what we wanted, to be honest. Like that's mm-hmm. the best comp- compliment ever. Like it, it was complimentary. Um, everything mm-hmm. complimented, and that's that's basically what we wanted. We didn't, you know, I didn't want to compete with the clothes. I wanted to dance with the clothes. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be like a beautiful mm-hmm. dance, not like we're fighting. You know what I mean? Not a Michael Jackson fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was well, beautiful. you know, one of the things is I, you were talking about with the block shooting. Um, one of the things that I was noted, what I didn't pay attention to is the nails, like with Brisha's nails. Did they change a lot? I, I never paid attention to that. They did. They did. They they changed. Um, you know, we just, we kept, we changed the nails for almost um, every episode. Or I mm. think, I think okay. maybe the each, I think, um, how do we do that? Matiki wanted, because um, her, Renee's nails were very intricate. Like mm-hmm. super long acrylics, and they were like the designs were really beautiful. And I wish they would have, I wish they would have shot her nails more because the work that was done on those nails were it was just so spot on Harlem, fancy, you know, 
you know, bougie black girl with, with style, like, you know, not, not stuffy, mm-hmm. you know, she's, you know what I mean? And her, so her nails were great, yeah. but we, and that was, those nails were breaking all the time because they were long, like they were the stiletto acrylics and, you know, the stiletto style mm-hmm. was pointy. Oh my God, mm-hmm. it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. People don't get it. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, we, and, no, and no. mind you, so listen, we were the first, we were one of the first shows to start filming um, when New York City opened up. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard to do a lot. And, and for me, my license came into play because things that we would usually send people out for, being that mm-hmm. I, I had, you know, I was actually working on my license. So my license wasn't really in yet, but I had access to an esthetician. And, and, and Matiki was like, yo, we need to get her in here. And I'm like, let me make a call, get her in here. So we're going to have the waxing done here. She's going to get tested. We had to put everybody on protocol. So they didn't have to go to, you know, if they needed to do nude shots and they needed a Brazilian. They came to my, my place. We were all tested. We were all, you know, we all, you know, we had our credentials saying we didn't have um, COVID and, and, you know, we were vaccinated. So anybody who did it, they did it in the comfort of my space, which made so much sense. So it was almost like, oh, Tamara, this was perfect timing because these girls didn't have to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they didn't have to go anywhere for, for certain things. So if it was waxing and things like that, the waxer came in, nails, the nail, the nail girl, um, the nail woman came in, she had her own place in Harlem. So that was good too. But I was like, this license means a lot. This license means a lot. There's a lot that can be done. And it, it, it was perfect mm-hmm. timing to, to have that, you know? It's very rare that I see Not that I've seen a waxer come into the trailer. You don't. I haven't seen that. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen. I don't know if you and, the, and your your career is much different um, than mine, but uh, we I haven't seen any. Well, I've seen a. We've had a waxer to come in. Um, the the actors trailer. Um, before well, we had we had it in the hair and makeup trailer. Hmm. So and, yeah. I, and I thought that was smart because even if it was just brow waxing, you could get it done there. It's a one-stop shop, and if they needed to come to my space, it was clean. It was like you know, it was perfect. So that was a good, that was one now, of the, that, that was a good thing. Now I've often in the past would bring in a wax pot and just have a wax pot to do like you know brow waxes, things like that. But as far as bikini waxes, well, you can because you are licensed. There's, well, yeah, like in yeah. the state of New York. So in the state of New York, if you don't have a, a license, you are not supposed to tweeze brows. So everybody out here tweezing in New York City, mm-hmm. they don't have a license. And many makeup artists do not have license. And that's fine because we didn't need yeah. it. But what a lot of people don't know is you have to have a license to tweeze. So yeah. Things could happen, you know what I mean? And a lot of people don't yeah, know that. Yeah. So they, they get away with, oh, I'm going to tweet your eyebrows. Well, we're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> right. And then when you know, no. see, you have a license, so you'd be fine. But in the state of New York, there's a lot of, like, I was working on, and I only knew this because I started in salon. And I was waxing mm-hmm. in the salon. The salon that really that really pushed my, my career forward was a salon in Harlem called Turning Heads. And I just came in from school, and I was like, Pleasing, and then uh, my the boss came in and said, "You can't, you can't please in here, Tamara. Um, you need a license for that." And I was like, "Well, I want to have my um, certification." She was like, "No." So I had to stop pleasing, and that and that was like the only thing that they let me do because I was a new makeup artist. They was like, "You can please my brows." 
Oh my god, it's so funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a funny time. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, you 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 can move around much more um, confidently when when you are certified and licensed to do stuff. So nobody's gonna come and check it. The state board is not coming in to say, "Hey, uh, what's going on in this trailer? Right. Are you guys licensed?" But right. I mean, if something were to happen, you could the production could could um, bear the risk yeah. of not having a non-licensed person tweezing the brow and all of a sudden they get an eye infection and it's like, well, who did it and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I'm protected. I'm insured and, and right. licensed. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, you know saying, saying all those things, you know, it's really important that if a makeup artist is not licensed, in, like a licensed esthetician, it is really important, I think, for a license to be had. And, you know, now that COVID is here, I wouldn't be surprised to see some type of changes um, when it comes to licensing um, in certain, certain, you know, like areas yeah. of beauty. Because, you know, a lot of times when people don't have licenses, nine times out of ten it meant that they didn't go to school. They didn't get right. some type of education. So a lot of times exactly. when, you, when you go to, um, when you're going to get a license for something, there's always talk about, you know, sanitation, sterilization, yes. all those yes. kinds of things. That talk is always there. So you know you're going to always get what you have. And so, you know, when COVID came about and the unions were all trying to put all these little protocols in place and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and having, you take, having you take all of these little, you know, go to these seminars and one-day classes and all of yeah. the stuff that they were talking about is stuff that, as a licensed person, we're supposed to already be doing. You and, know. and that's how um, you can, well, that's how you can tell the true professionals because the license doesn't make me a better artist. It makes me a safer mm-hmm. artist. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm a safer. I'm I'm a safer bet because there, there's things now. Like honestly, the, I was certified, and we did not learn. Um, we didn't learn uh, in 1998. We we just learned how to do makeup, but we 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 weren't taught about cross contamination and what microbes do, and you know why you need to. If it drops the floor, you know you have to pick it up, clean. Sometimes things drop on the floor and, you know, people pick stuff up and they're like, oh, I'm going to dust it off. And I just, no, 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 no. Um, you can't do that. And, you know, you, you can't you can't have the makeup brushes unclean in, in your kit. You have to clean it before you put it back in and then you still have to clean that. Because there's so many ways that you can cross-contaminate. And you're not doing it on purpose and it's, there's no ill will. But once you learn how things can be contaminated, then you are, you just instantly, it, because it's in your head, because knowing is, is very, like, knowing is knowing and once you know you can't unknow it you know what I mean so I right. um, definitely even act differently now I thought I knew everything I thought I was clean and now I'm just like even extra clean I'm like oh my god like really so <laughs> you know this microscopic parasite could get on if I do this like wow like so if, if but if you're not licensed if you just are a, a beautiful artist and and you think you're clean you're probably not as clean as you think you are because you really do have to get those lessons and those little barbasol classes that they was giving us honey no that's not it that's that's not it mm-hmm. what what we learned we learned about specific type of germs specific type of parasites and what they do and how like 
that was just something to me that was a joke. I gotta say, that was a joke so they can say, hey, they, they, everybody, we have our barbasol, barbasol certificate up. Okay, okay, you learned how to use barbasol. Okay, great. Right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Listen, and even like no shade, but the, the trailers aren't really equipped for makeup to be super sanitary. We should have UV um, uh, cabinets in all of those, just not the, the towel cabbie. The towel, ca- the towel cabbies that we do have in those trailers don't even have the UV light in there to kill the bacteria. They're not even equipped. Oh like yeah, that. no, no, no. The ones that we, like- ha- I think the ones that we have are, but that's kind of new. Yeah. Not in, not in New York. I haven't seen it, and I've been working since the pandemic. You know, they come in and they spray some liquid. Sometimes they come in, sometimes they don't. It's really, it's hilarious. It's, they, put, mm-hmm. they put all the onus on us. But when you are licensed, you know, I feel like you, you, you still do take the extra steps just because you know and you want to be careful. And, 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 and you want to be careful because you do. I definitely care about everybody who sits in my chair, whether it's my a makeup chair or my facial bed, like, I'm, I'm clean. There's nobody checking for me. I own my space. Nobody comes in. I'm clean in my space. I have the air filter that kills the COVID, the bacteria. I have the Like, I'm really diligent about that. Mm-hmm. Well, how has, how has working in New York changed for you since the pandemic? Has it made it harder, or was it already hard to, you know, be an artist working in film and TV in New York? It just made it scarier for me. Like, honestly, like, it, it almost made me, you know, one of the reasons why I do have my own space is because I'm feeling like, you know, I don't even know if I even want to be in New York because I live in New Jersey. So just going there, mm-hmm. there's anxiety that I have getting on the trains now because it's super dangerous in New York right now. So there's a lot, it's high anxiety for me as a woman with my bags and getting up in the morning and having to stand outside with crazy people and there's not enough cops out anymore because the defund the police thing happened. Now they're like, okay, so defund the police, well, we ain't going to be out here. So now it's like, oh, my God, it's the belly of the beast. This is a very true statement. I don't care what anybody says. It is like that's how it is in New York. So working as a makeup artist um, and in television and film, when we have those hours, when we have to stand on Canal Street at, 3 a.m. to wait for a, a van to pick us up. That is high anxiety for me. And even working and even working with the COVID protocols is high anxiety for me because for the, for, for most of the month they would make the makeup artist and the hair department only. Like this was the craziest thing. We would have to wear a whole lab a gown, a shield, which I already have astigmatism, so I could barely see with my eyes, and now I have plastic over them. And I have a mask on, so now I have to learn how to breathe in a mask. I'm hyperventilating. Now I'm getting maskly. So it's almost like, oh, I don't even want to do this anymore. I got to do all of this to go to work. You know, and, and then when I'm looking at that and I'm seeing the directors, they don't have, they don't have a, a shield on. They don't, I mean, they might have a shield on, but they don't have a whole gown, a lab gown over their clothes. So for me, it was very high anxiety to work in New York. You know, it, oh my and, God. and it's certain. It's it's crazy. There's certain parts of New York nobody wants to wear a mask, so and it's like high. You know, a lot of the the production um, companies had their their outposts, like like let's say in uh, Williamsburg. That's a there's a high COVID. I'm like, oh my God, there's a high rate of COVID here. Now I have to go here. So now I'm just really nervous about. Okay, so if I go here now, I can't go and see my mom because I don't know if I'm gonna have it. And it's it's just oh the anxiety. 
there's a level of stress that I cannot explain. I, I cannot. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how people do it. It's, I don't know how they do it. It is a little, it is crazy. And, and the whole part about, you know, having to wear the gown, because I remember when we first went back, back in February of this year, that, that whole thing was a bit much. It's like wearing the gown, wearing the, um, the mask, wearing the, the shield. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, you go to set and you the, the director doesn't have a shield on. All they have <laughs> on is a mask. You know, at yeah. first they tell you to wear goggles. Everybody's wearing yeah. goggles at first, but by day two and day three, they're not wearing <laughs> goggles. So you're you're in all of this crap, and you yeah. know you're getting hot because you got all this stuff on. Like you said, you yeah. can't see, and and yeah. so it's crazy. I mean, we got to the point that we just stopped wearing the shields in the trailer. Nobody came in. Yeah. Health and safety didn't come in the trailer, so we just stopped wearing the shields. You can't see out of them. You can't see out of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing makeup. Can y'all make some makeup shields at least? Like, do you don't understand the work that we do? We need our eyes. These are plastic. It's not we even need glass. Our eyes. We need our eyes. Yep. So, so, yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm very thankful that I was able to work through it. So I do sound like I'm complaining, but, I mean, it's the real anxiety that, that is oh, very a, hard to yeah, explain it's a to real people. Thing. <laughs> it's a real yeah, thing. It's, a, it's a real thing. Yeah. But, um, it's a real but I thing. Did, I did some of my best work during it because I, I so I, I recently worked on a journal for Jordan, um, Denzel Washington directed, and uh, Michael B. Jordan is one of the main actors, and this beautiful young actress who's like on the rise. She's amazing, Shantae Adams. So those were like I the, love the biggest. Shantae Adams. Shantae is. Whew, I mean, Matiki. That Matiki She's everything. Handled that makeup, but I I actually was was working with Michael on that. I basically did his, um, you know, I did his makeup on that, but it was just, so for me, I was like, wow, I worked on some amazing things. So yeah, that anxiety was high and I was nervous. I got to, I got to tell you, sometimes I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But then when you get to setting, you're working on something that's so good. Like I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. working on Run the World, you know what I mean? And I really enjoyed working with the GOAT, you know, Denzel Washington, just to even hear him speak sometimes I'm like oh my god this is a master class did you hear what he just said I can you know right. this is you know what I mean so it was like amazing amazing wow wow yeah I can I can I'm sure it's it's very stressful I mean you know like you're talking about taking the trains and and, and standing somewhere at three in the morning waiting on anything is nerve-wracking mm-hmm. um so um, I, I definitely get it. I'm just praying that things, you know, will change a little, you know, so that, yeah. you know, we can all get rid of this anxiety about going, you know, going to work or just actually going being work. at work. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm running home. I, I, like, literally, I'm like, okay, well, okay, let me get home. And I'm just like, this is my safe place, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But let's talk about uh, what you got going on in Jersey City. Let's talk about skin tone <laughs> a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so you got this aesthetic license. So you got nice. this aesthetic license. So was skin tone something like your actual space? Was that something you you planned before you got the license, or how did that all come about? No. Okay, so a lot of people don't realize that I'm a serial entrepreneur. I, I've had so many failures. But each failure led to, I feel like, each, to me they were failures, you know, because they didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't see a profit. So uh, a couple years ago, I had a skin. This is where skin tone comes from. So I'm going to try to make it fast. As you can see, I'm a little long-winded. 
But um, a few years ago, I decided, you know, how am I going to get up this hamster wheel? You know, I really want to retire by 50. That is my goal. I've got two more years. It might happen, I think. <laughs> so I'm like, how do I retire by 50? Um, and, you know, it's, it's America. This is the, the land of um, commerce, right? So you have to have something to sell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I love I love beauty. I've been, I, I worked in retail most of my life. And, this, and this. So I ended up starting a, a a, a full mink lash line called Beauty Queen Mink Lashes. And that was my first foray into, like, having a, a product with, with a name that I designed and all of this stuff. The, the lashes sold out quick. Like, they were, they were really the best lashes I've ever used were my lashes. Um, I sourced them. I, I took a long time for me to source the perfect lashes, and I really love them. I love the package, and people love them. But when I'm working on things I'm usually using, I'm paying for my rent, I'm paying to live, and then the rest of the money I'm investing it into something I, that I think could become bigger. So I'm like, I'm always like, I'm self, and I'm a self-invested person. But I just didn't have enough money to reinvest in the line once it sold out because I was like, oh, it's going to take a long time for lashes. And lashes is also oversaturated market. So I was like, I'm not an influencer where I can get out there and sell like all of these lashes, not even, so I said, I feel like that person would sell these lashes at a quicker rate and make, and make their profit. But I am actually a working makeup artist. So I was like, I had to put that down. But in the meantime, I was like, I came up with this idea to um, create almost like a, a, a how, how would I say it? It was a website that would allow black women to, to, to use it almost like a Google for skincare and hair care, and it was called Skin Tone. So I was, like, really going to take my time and search up every black product, every black um, – it's going to be, like, a section for black products, hair products, skincare products, nails, and then the best um, – like a directory of sorts. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to call it Skin Tone. And I was really working on that. But then when you get to, when you're working and you have to read scripts and you're doing all of this, that is a type of business that you really have to have time to invest. That's a time investment business. So, but I, I had already bought the name, and I was like, I'm going to put two ends. I'm going to make it special. So it was, I thought it was a good idea. So then um, it, it just it didn't it didn't uh, turn. I, I just couldn't I couldn't make it work, and it just kind of fell to the wayside. So now fast forward a couple years ahead, and now we have this pandemic. I'm sitting in my house. And I'm like, you know, what am I going to do with my time? Should I go back to the lashes? I need to be able to sell something. Like, I don't like the fact that somebody's telling me that I can't earn my own living. I've never not earned my living. And I just didn't like the feeling of, like, waiting for an unemployment check. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I work for the unemployment check. It's my money. But still, I was like, no, this is not me. So I have to figure something out. So it's a funny, I'm watching Wendy Williams. And, I, you know, I, I hope the best for her. Yeah, she she becomes more healthy because she's very inspirational to me. You know, they call her messy or whatever. I don't care. I, I love her. So I'm watching Wendy Williams' show, and she's doing an interview with a girl who was, I guess she was a stripper, and she went up the stripper pole and fell off the stripper pole from the highest point of the, point of the pole and broke her jaw. And But when she, she woke up, it was like a, a split second. She woke up and she danced off the stage. So everybody was laughing at her, and she became this meme. So Wendy had her on a show, and she was talking about her experience, and, you know, you know, the girl was like, you know, talking about when you work in a sex industry, there's no um, benefits, you know. You know, yeah, I'm stripping. I'm stripping to pay my bills, and now, you know, now I have this injury, and I don't even have insurance. 
And so that was a real conversation. I was like, oh, that's terrible when you think about it, you know. And I was like, okay. So anyway, so Wendy Williams, so, she, so Wendy says to this girl, so, you know, are you going to continue to strip? She, and the girl says, no, I, I actually love skincare, and I'm going to go to school to be an esthetician. So Wendy says, I'm going to give you $10,000 to go to school. And I said, wait a minute, what? Now, one second I was feeling bad, so I was like, oh, my God, it's so terrible. Then I'm like, wait a minute. This girl was tripping. They just gave her $10,000 to go to esthetician school. I should be doing that, you know. So after watching that show, I mean, I was, like, hating for five seconds. But it was, like, a quick hate because, I mean, you know, I'm so glad she did that for her. I really felt bad for that girl, and I hope her well. But whatever the case is, it, that show made me say, oh, my God, Tamara, you don't know when you're going back to work. You don't know if you're going back to work. We didn't know what was going on. It was very early. It was, it was March. And, um... I had a conversation with my sister, and she was like, you know how much, you know, Tamara, people are making so much money doing these lashes, and I was like, you have to have a license, and I was like, oh, my God, maybe I could, and I really forgot that I really, really love skin more than makeup. I love skin more than makeup, and I just forgot about that. So when I initially decided to go to school, it really was so I can just have um, another way, another form of income, and I was like, oh, everybody's doing these lash extensions, and they're beautiful, and I I learned how to do them. You, You need a license. And then, but my sister was like, Tamara, but you love skin. You, didn't you say you wanted to be an esthetician a long time ago and you couldn't afford to go to school? I was like, oh, yeah. So, and I was like, wow. So I immediately went on a hunt to try to find schools that were, um, uh, what do you call, remote. Because I felt like the theory portion of it, we're going to be in the book. I don't need to be in class, the theory. For practical, yes. And um, the one school that was like one of the best schools in the city were not accepting remote learning, and I was like, oh, man. So in the meantime, I decided to go to international, the international route, and I, and I started getting certified in, in the physiology of the skin and facial anatomy. So I have all these certifications until I could find the school because I was like, once I decide on something, I, I just go for it very, very hard. So I was like, oh, no, this is it, and, you know. The rest is history. The school that I wanted to um, go to eventually opened up, and I took out a student loan. I'm like, damn, I'm a mid-40s taking out a student loan, but I'll be able to pay this back. This is nothing. You know what I mean? So I took out a loan, and I went to, I went to school. And so the, so the funny part about it is I live in a, a luxury loft building, and, and I also live in an arts district in um, Jersey City. So the building that I live mm-hmm. in has a portion – of the building that is for artists, their artist law. And but I never really see mm-hmm. it because it's a whole different entrance. You can't see it. You do see we have a beautiful gallery, art gallery called Novato Gallery that's in the building. So I always see the art gallery and I go in and I actually, you know, buy art from um Anne who owns it. But I never I've never seen the, the um I never saw the studio. So I'm sitting and I'm like, Come on, you know, what are you gonna do? You have to figure this out. You, nobody's gonna tell you you can't work. So do you want to, now, now you're in school to be an esthetician. Do you want to work for somebody? You can work for yourself for 20 years. Or is that something that you can do? No. You need to open your own business. This is how I'm talking to myself because I'm in a house by myself, me and my plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, me and my plan. And <laughs> so I decided I need to find a space. So I was going to rent a space from a friend of mine, but it didn't work out. And um, I just said, okay, God. I talked to God like that because God is the homie. I'm like, okay, God, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And I said, let me just, let me, let me call the management office. I'm like, you, you know, I asked him a question. She's like, oh, let me show you something. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. So it was like 
you know, when you make a decision to do something and you're really passionate about it, and, and I'm a spiritual person, you know, I feel like the floodgates were open. You said you're going to do this. This is smart. That's 20 years in makeup, so you already know skin. How, how, could, how could you fail at just adding to something that you've been doing for 20 years and just making it better and expanding on it? So I found a space, a very raw space. I started to work on that space. And then, um, you know, I was still in school and Run the World picked up. So I was finishing school. I was doing Run the World and opening my space. And it's very hard. It's just, <laughs> it, I did a lot within that, that year. But now um, I'm licensed and um, my space is, is, is open to not so many people yet. There's a couple little things that I'm doing, but I'm taking private clients right now, and I plan to open fully in January. So, yeah, but I'm still, you know, still doing the makeup. So it's just, it's just a, an addition. It's almost like I came into this, this business with built-in with built-in clients because I have trust, people who trust me. And people are literally waiting. They're like, come on, come on, let me get in. And, and it's just such a beautiful thing to be trusted like that. You know, they know it's a new yeah. thing, but they also know that I'm dope. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, they know that if I'm doing it, I'm passionate about it. And people have watched the journey. People have watched me, you know, publicize my certifications even before I went to school. They watched me on the floor scrubbing the paint off the floor. They watched me put every piece of furniture together so and I and that was very intentional because I really needed people to see this journey because I didn't even mm-hmm. know where it was going to go you know I was like you know I got to share this because I don't, I don't know and, and and I honestly shared it because the people who do follow me and and, and communicate me they really love me and I, like I love I, I know almost all of my followers the people that that really talk to me even the people that I've never met I have so much um Oh, the, the energy is so good for my followers, and it just kind of pushes me. So that's hmm. that. It is that's that's what it is. <laughs> Long story. I'm yeah, sorry. interesting. I did that to you. <laughs> that's what, no. That's that is all right. Um, that's a great story, actually. Um, you know, because a lot of people during that time were trying to figure it out, and you know, and if you were in the beauty profession, you were not working. Whether you worked in a salon or whether you, you know, were on film and TV sets, you were not working. So um, it's always good to have something else that you could fall back on. Um, And even if you, you know, got a license in something that was beauty and still couldn't work, but at least once you started back to working, this could be, you know, an additional way to um, have income. You know? Yeah, and that that was the so, thought because I was like, eventually it's going to open up again. But I, we really honestly didn't know when television was going to open up. So I'm like, you right. know, and, you know, when you have a when you're a hairstylist, you can do hair in your house. But for makeup artists, mm-hmm. makeup is a is is really like a, a true luxury. Most most people are not just running around getting their makeup done. You know what I mean? It's just right. like okay, it's for a special right. occasion. Like okay, so I really can't make a living as a makeup artist in that way. You know, unless I'm doing classes, mm-hmm. but people were not even going out. So, but people were really yeah. concerned about their skin. People were getting masked me. People were like, okay, I'm not wearing makeup now, but I want my, now that I'm seeing myself without makeup because I'm not going to work, my skin has to look a certain way. So, how can I do that? And the beauty, that part of the beauty business boomed with all of these people doing at home 
um, facials and, and using different modalities and, you know, having these portable, um, you know, items that they could do. But it's still different when, when, a, when a person who knows the skin and knows the muscles of the face and knows how to touch, you know, physical touch is very important. So um, I, I just felt, I feel like this is probably the best decision I made besides becoming a makeup artist because becoming a makeup artist itself was very controversial and it was it was different back in the day. My friends laughed at me. They were like, oh, you're going to be an Avon lady. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I traveled the world. And there's nothing wrong with an Avon lady, but I was looked down upon and when I decided to become a makeup artist. So I'm always, like, doing something. I'm going against the grain, and, and that's just who I am. I, 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 I beat to my own drum. I don't really let anybody decide for me what my life is going to be. And I take my – like, listen, I, I, like I told you, I had, I had hundreds of failures, you know, Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind yeah. sharing the failures because that's, that's what makes you stronger, you know, and makes you better. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. Last question for you tonight. Okay. What is, what is your definition of beauty? <sighs> my definition of beauty. What is my definition? That's a very good question. Um. I don't know if I actually have one because I, oh, this is so hard. <laughs> um, I guess the beauty, beauty for me is confidence. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And, and, and confidence comes from, it, this confidence comes from a lot of things. Number one is a good upbringing. If you're fortunate mm. enough to have, Someone in your family, maybe not everybody, but if you are fortunate to have at least one person to help you nurture a confident spirit as a young person, then when you're older, it's, it's not a battle to wonder what do people think I look like. You could look like anything, but I feel like, you know, people are very concerned about weight, for example. Oh, you know, fat shaming, skinny shaming, you know, whatever shaming. But if, if you don't fall in those beauty norms and you have someone in your family who is telling you a beauty norm is not normal you're beautiful so who cares what anybody says about you you're beautiful and understand that and and your beauty is not only external it's internal people who have you know if you have a little girl or even a little boy or whatever you have a child a child that is loved and is taught that very young that's a real example of beauty and that's the beauty that i think people um try to emulate when they do makeup. So I feel like the makeup, and I'm a makeup artist, but I feel like makeup is a beautiful thing, but it also can be a thing that creates a false sense of beauty. But I feel like if you're naturally beautiful, you can use less. You You can do more. Some of the most confident women in the world wear a lot of makeup, but it doesn't really have anything to do with that. It just has everything to do with your spiritual that 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 ground that grounding that comes from upbringing, your upbringing and your spirituality. To me, whatever your spirit, it could be, it could be you know Hindu, it could it could be Hoodoo, Voodoo, it could be Christianity, it could be you know Judaism, it could be. But if whatever your spiritual grounding is, if you have that, that's number one. Uh, that's number two. But it comes from the family first, and then. You know, I easily walk outside with no makeup, and I know I could bang my face out. When I do my makeup, people people are like, "Oh my God!" But I'm okay because I'm my 
people may have said I was ugly and dark skin or whatever they were saying when I was younger. But my mother, I had a different conversation with my mother about my look. So I had a different confidence, especially in my skin mm-hmm. color. So I always wondered what what they were seeing. I was like, I just don't understand what, what, they, what they're not seeing. Why are they saying these things? So I, I, would, I would battle what people would say, and I would look at myself in the mirror as, as a little girl. Like, I don't understand what they're saying. This is beautiful. Like, I don't have a floor. These are conversations I would have in the mirror with myself. So to be able to go out into the world and be in the beauty um, business and um, help bring that out in other people, I know that it really doesn't come from actually me putting the makeup on you. It has everything to do with you. Nice. I love that answer. I really do. I love oh. that answer, and I love how you uh, define confidence. Because um, most people probably wouldn't think of confidence in that way, but um, <clears throat> I thought that was a beautiful answer. Um, Thank you. And this has been a great conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, is there anything that you haven't mentioned um, that you would like to like to talk about or to say? Um, if you have a website, your social media handles you want to throw out, feel free. Um, well, you know, you can follow me on my selfie explosion makeup um, <laughs> makeup page, Tamara. It's so bad. I'm terrible, but it's fun. Tamara Delbridge underscore MUA. Or if you want to follow my, my uh, skin tone, my um, aesthetic page is skin tone uh, beauty and aesthetic. So it's skin tone with two N's underscore beauty underscore and underscore aesthetic. And that's where you'll find um, information about when I'm going to open and the things that I'm doing in my studio space. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on Thank Skin you. Tone and a successful season one of Run the World. Can't wait to see you. I mean, you guys haven't even uh, shot it yet, but I still can't wait to see <laughs> season too, two. I, I know. <laughs> I know it's going to be a whole lot more glam, um, so I'm excited about that. It's really good to see um, black women on TV like that, and it's good to know that there are black women behind the looks. Um, So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I was so nervous because I didn't know what I was going to talk about, and I probably talked about a lot of crazy stuff, but I'm happy. You guys know that I'm crazy, but I'm passionate about my craziness. <laughs> no, you were very good. I had no idea you were nervous at all. So this was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much um for um coming on tonight and have a wonderful holiday. Okay, you too. You too, girl. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. This has been great, great conversation with Tamara Delbridge. Um, if you're not familiar with her work, again, she threw out her social media handles, but you can check out Run the World Season 1 on Stars. Um, check out some of her work. It's a great show if you haven't seen it. Um, um, she and Matiki do a wonderful job with that show, and she mentioned um, Patricia Fields, costume designer, Great effort all the way around. So, um, And a shout-out to the hair department as well. All right, you guys, we have two more shows left um, for the rest of this year. So please hang in there with us. Two more to go. Uh, we're excited about it. Um, great.
start. We're kind of getting some of these shows for the new year booked, so some more great stuff coming up in the new year as well. Thank you guys for hanging in there. I know we went over just a little bit, but thank you um, for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.